my best fishing buddy, Danny Iden, who grew up in Menominee with myself, went to school in Minnesota, and now resides in the state of Montana. And you work at a fly fishing shop, Danny. So I figured you would be a perfect guy to talk to this morning. Good morning. Mr. Bells, good morning. How are you? I am swell. I got my cup of coffee. I'm amped to be here for Kevin because I love Kevin's show. I love waking up on a Saturday and getting a cup of coffee and just listening to Kevin talk about fishing. Like he'll give the the, the river report. You know, mm-hmm. he'll talk to Matt from the Driftless Angler, who you are all too familiar with. You know, talk to the local experts. So I'm I'm amped to be here. You're an hour behind, so you're actually up at like 6.30 this morning. I'm sorry about that. Thank you for being here. Oh, no, absolute joy. I got a cup of coffee in me. I'm so you live in the Madison River Valley. Is that the appropriate term? So you're just north of Yellowstone a little bit, right by Bozeman, about 40 minutes from Bozeman. Give people an idea. You're just out in the West. So I've been fishing the Driftless region. I was out last weekend and winter in the Driftless region is, is it, it's peaceful. It's quiet. You have these little cabins tucked into corners as you drive through, like what's winter like on the Madison? Cause I think it's a little more, a little more brutal, probably a little less quaint picturesque. You know, yeah, there, there's definitely some incredible differences there. I think one of the biggest things that is different about winter in our valley is that it howls wind. Um, it is pretty brutal with the wind. I think you guys get a lot more snow and a lot colder than we get, but that wind is just brutal. And, you know, our rivers freeze over a little different than what you see in the Driftless. You know, you'll you'll go and fish uh, – like the Kenny Connect, or you'll go down closer to you in La Crosse and fish one of those great trout streams, and you'll you'll have ice shelves. But here on the Madison, we get a river gorge, and what that is from where I live here in town, uh, there's eight foot ice shelves all the way across the river, uh, and then there'll be once it warms up, some of it'll melt, and there'll be these little jacuzzis where these ducks are hanging out on the side. It's really Shut cool. up! Yeah, it's it's great. Um, but that goes for miles and miles up the river and it completely changes the way that the, the river looks. So a lot of my favorite holes that I was fishing last year can be gone now. So kind of get to learn the river again. So it keeps you on your toes. That's cool. So I, the wind is brutal. Uh, I've been out there in March, uh, right when the pandy started, it's one of my core pandemic memories, by the way, when my kids one day asked me about the pandemic, assuming it will end, which we are not really headed in that direction, but like, my kids will ask me, like, what was the pandemic like? It's like, well, uh, me and a couple of my idiot buddies drove out to Montana for some reason and fished in the howling wind. How do you how do you take uh, customers who come into your shop and they're like, hey, I want to fish the Madison, and it's February, and you're like, okay, how do you, like, it's brutal out there. How do you how do you help someone try to catch fish in weather like that? It's really tough. Um, and yesterday, we actually had some, some folks call in. The skiing's been atrocious, so when people are you know have bad skiing they're like well you know it's it's montana let's go fishing got a lot of money i'm gonna do the next most expensive thing to kill time yeah yeah exactly uh so we had to tell them today the winds are going to get up to 55 miles per hour uh (laughs) that's a red flag warning for us uh you can't really put the boat in it's really tough to row when it's blowing 55 30 is pretty tough but 55 is kind of dangerous uh so a lot of people don't understand that Montana is windy. They don't put that in the brochure. It's picturesque, but man, that wind just beats you down. So, you know, it, it's all about finding little pockets that are kind of hidden from Mr. W. And, it, and it's difficult, but you kind of have to pick yeah. one spot where you can find a, find a good hole without a wind. Set in and like kind of settle in and set up shop, maybe not cruising up and down the river. Um, yeah. Spring fishing is interesting. I, so 
summer, it's like the whole playbook is open, right? This is a sports station. Like, I can go dries. I can throw streamers. I can go nymphs. You can basically throw... Every fly in your box, for the most part, in summer is is at least, like, worth a try. Or at least every fly in my box. Your box is a lot bigger than mine. Fall, right? We're throwing streamers. That's why I love fall in the Driftless is it's just... I'm going to take a couple of black leeches, and we're going to go out and just whip those for an hour. Spring fishing is a little different. Like, I can have a lot of fun. It can also be kind of crummy. I was wondering if you have any favorite parts of spring fishing, assuming the wind isn't 55 miles an hour and you're actually able to go. Yeah. Yeah. On, the, on those few, uh, few rare days. Uh, I actually love spring fishing. I think really? spring fishing might be my favorite time of year, um, especially out here because the crowds have yet to arrive. Um, Mass is a pretty busy river and the fishing is excellent. Uh, if you're willing to get out there and just spend a little time outdoors and, Bring plenty of hand warmers. I'm a big fan of the Stanley Thermos, man. That thing has uh, gotten me through some really rough days of fishing. Uh, it can be awesome. You know, you just kind of have to change your techniques. A lot of it's low and slow. Fish are still potted up. So you're using a little more split shot. You're using some smaller flies, and you're just trying to get down deep. And if you can find fish, there's no sense in leaving them unless you're, you know, a big streamer junkie and you want to get out there and you're like, I'm looking for the one and I'm, I'm walking seven miles to do it. Today. Okay. Like, man, come on. <laughs> go in that case. I mean like, okay, if that's you go off, I'm going to find this one hole and I'm going to sit here, take 10 casts, drink some coffee out of my thermos, warm up. I remember when we fished in Preston, I don't, it must've been February, which is considered to me spring. I guess it's winter, but spring, like as things start to warm up and yeah. We were out of the car, what, 10 minutes? We had gotten everything tied on, and we're like, hey, before we go fish, do you want to get back in the car and warm up? Like, I think fishing in the spring or the winter is, is just a little bit slower. Like, you can't have pride, right? You need to be willing to take a 10-minute break, stick your hands in your pockets, and warm them up. Even if the fish are biting, like, sometimes you just got to take a little break. So I, I think I've come up with a, a spring fishing strategy, okay? I'm, I'm kind of proud of this. If I worked at a fly shop and someone came in, I was like, hey, it's March and it's 45 degrees, little breeze, right? I like, I want to go out and fish. I think simplicity is huge in the spring, right? Like I want the smallest box, like give me three or four flies. That's it. Something really easy to tie on park somewhere, like go to spots where you can park close to the river. So you're not hiking long distances. Like just take all of the extra stuff out. If you fish it a hole, fish it with a couple, like I'm a big nymph guy in the spring. I'm not even, well, I'll always try a streamer. I'll lie to myself. I'll always tie one on and try it. But when you're giving advice and you're trying to put together a game plan for fishing when it's cold, like, what do you have to think about? What do you, what do you tweak and what do you do differently? You know, you're, you're reading water differently. Um, a lot of guys only fish in the, the summertime and used to see trout in the pools. And that's where a lot of fish are hanging out. Um, if you were to go out here and this, the same is going to be true in Wisconsin, Minnesota, wherever you're fishing, um, you're not going to have a very successful day. You need to look for really deep, slow moving water. And a lot of times, um, especially in you know a, a bright, sunny day, uh, you know, what is it there today in the cross? Is it pretty sunny out? It's gonna be it's gonna be like twenty six and sunny today, tomorrow fifty and sunny. So tomorrow it, I think we're gonna see some fly fishermen all over the absolutely. place. Absolutely. Um yeah, on the bank you're you seeing a lot of midges crawling out. Um, you could have a great dry fly day on the water, and I think that's what a lot of anglers in the you know neglect is that there is epic dry fly fishing in the winter time that you can still catch. Um, you just kind of have to change up what you're used to be, you know, used to using. You're not going to be throwing that size 16 elk hair caddis. You're going to be moving to like an RS2, a size 18 betas, and you can really, really have some fun. Uh, but yeah, you just have to, you kind of have to think differently. It's a different cat. 
Um, low and slow is the biggest thing that we try to emphasize at our shop is to find that slow moving water and post up and get after it. Wow. Low and slow. Cause I'm always, I'm always looking for the riffles to start. And then I normally look below the riffles. Like where does it empty out and where does it get deeper? Exactly. But I'll, but I'll throw a, a nymph into a run or a riffle and it's just tougher fishing in the winter. Like I fished in, uh, near avalanche last weekend, which I know is a spot you fished. And it's tough because the ice shelves will like kind of pinch you off like you have less water to fish. So you got to nail your cast. You got it like it's it's all very condensed. And if you can find a deep pool where fish are holed up, uh, like you said, I like that. No reason to leave. If you're catching fish, there's no reason to leave, which I think some people like they catch one fish and they feel the need to move or like that's more of a streamer mentality. Like when you take people out or do you fish with people and your guides fish with people, do you find yourself reminding, like, no, we can stay here for a while? Like, we're not rushing anywhere. Like, is that a message you seem to always have to bring up with your clients and people you fish with? Absolutely. And, you, you know, you're, you're traveling down the river, so you kind of have to be, you know, understanding that other people are, are using this same resource as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we definitely try and have that slow and steady approach. Um, one, I think, major difference uh, that we see out here versus, you know, in Wisconsin, driftless, you know, if, if you and I were to go out fishing, Grant, if we see another angler on the water and they're within a hundred yards, of us, we're like, dude, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, there's so much water that we can be fishing. Like we instantly, we get in the truck, we go somewhere else mm-hmm. out. It's like, if you're within 15 yards of me, it's kosher yeah. and it drives, you know, it, it drives you insane, but there's just so much, so much different water that that can kind of, that can happen yeah it's as bad well no i i was driving around two weekends ago and i brought my girlfriend she'd never fly fish before and i was i told you about that you were very excited like that yeah that she was coming and we went to a couple of spots and there was a car there and i couldn't see anyone like it was just a car like you couldn't see where they were on the water and i'm like nope we're gonna keep driving i think i drove like an extra 15 minutes 20 minutes because i wanted to fish around coon valley and then i ended up going all the way down into viroqua because i was like well there's a car here i don't know where the guy is when i park at a spot and i and I walk one way, I'll leave a note on my windshield. It's like, hey, I went this way, fish are biting. Like, if you want to go the other way, or if you want to follow me, like I went in at 930 or whatever. I don't think a lot of fishermen do that. It's probably not necessary, but it's kind of nice. Like, if you can leave a note on your windshield and like, I went south, you know, maybe you don't leave. Maybe you don't leave. Hey, they're biting on this. But just to let people know, it's it's easier. It make it easier on your fellow anglers to give you space. Like, help them help you, you know. Absolutely. And you know, no one's going to be upset with you that you left that note, giving them a little heads up. No. You know, because I don't want to fish water that you've already fished to be on top of you. I want to give you as much space as you can. You know, like your time off is valuable. My time off is valuable. So let's make the most of it and, you know, help each other, help, you know, another fellow angler because we're, we're all just trying to catch trout, man. We're all trying to just have a great day on the water. This is the WK2I morning outdoors show. Just the WK2I outdoors show. I filled in on the morning show last week, and that's just called the WK2I morning show. So I've just been in, I love talking about fishing. We're here at Danny Iden, Madison River Fishing Company out in Ennis, Montana. And I want to talk a little bit about some deals that you guys have with flies because I was looking at your shop and you sent me a picture of a fly that you tied, by the way. Well done. Uh, before we get there, I- I'm just curious. This, I can learn a lot about a man this way. If you're fishing in March and April, you can have three flies in your box. You can have as many as you want, any size, but you only get to have three different flies. What do you, what do you take in? And we could talk about like out by you versus even in Wisconsin too. But maybe there's some overlap. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of stone flies out here. Um, so, you know, the, the first kind of no-brainer for me would be a girdle bug, a Pat's rubber leg, um, probably black and, uh, black and brown with some 
light brown legs on him, like a size four or six. That's kind of the workhorse. Uh, that would be my number one no-brainer. Uh, are you using block. that as a lead fly if you got a big girdle bug, or are you just fishing it yeah. solo? I'll fish two of those. You know, just <laughs> Hell river. yeah. It's dirty, um, but, you know, it, it works, and they're just always in our system. Um, and then uh, I mentioned this earlier, but that RS2, like an, an 18 or a 20, um, it just – that's kind of the day saver when we go out there. No one's catching fish. No fish are rising. You just put a little RS2 on, and then all of a sudden, it's lights out. Uh, so that that's definitely the day saver. And then I got to throw, you know, show a little streamer love. I'd probably go all mini dungeon. Um, I've been tying a lot of those, and you know, just getting those to look real nice in the water. And when you get a good strike from a you know real buck nasty brown on one of those. Uh-huh. You- start shaking a little bit like this is why i'm out here man <laughs> yeah yeah i think first of all i love the girdle bug i need to remind myself to fish girdle bugs i didn't even tie one on last weekend when i was out i think my spring flies i just love a zebra midge dude it's bizarre it's bizarre because <laughs> i'll tie on nymphs where i'm like oh this is this is can't miss right yeah. and nothing 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 and i'm like well i'll try a zebra midge that's just my default fly and it always seems to work year round that's just a solid midge but especially in the spring right when you're yeah. fishing smaller flies black leeches with a little cone head. You don't even need the cone head. Just something something that I can fish a streamer with, right? Like just something small and black that I can cast and fish like a little minnow. Um, I don't know. I like a prince nymph. I like a copper john. This this makes me sound like such a basic fisherman, I know. Um, but I can't no. hate on a copper john or a prince. Like a prince nymph was probably one of the first nymphs I remember fishing. Um, yes. I, you know, we've had a few days on the old prince nymph. Yeah. So I see. Prince Niff has really gotten it done for us. Um, I'm pretty think- sure. Pretty sure when we started fishing, we just I, I just used Prince Nymphs, and I didn't even really know what they were supposed to be. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm just fishing a Prince. I don't know what it's supposed to look like or what I'm doing, but I am fishing a Prince. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, I think we're neglecting to to recognize probably the the prom queen mm-hmm. of all flies, and that's the pink squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good pull. That's a good pull. You so you sent me a picture of a streamer that was pink. Let's talk about the flies that you guys have a little bit and and where we can find you. What did you send me a picture of the other day? That thing was hot. Um, we, so we're we carry just about every fly under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, proud of that. We target all markets. So whether it be saltwater, uh, steelhead fishing for uh, spay, or if you're uh, you know fishing trout anywhere in the world, you know. We, carry those flies um we're trying to get more into the warm water game um so a lot of what that entails is northern pike and muskie um and you know small mouth large mouth the whole nine and you can't forget the, the classic bluegill which i love dude uh, have i ever told you about uh not to cut you off have i ever told you about fishing bogs around here have i ever told you about this the cranberry bog. yeah the cranberry bogs so if yeah. i'll take my flyer out and fish a little popper and just pull uh, massive bluegills out of some of these bogs it's super fun huh yeah we'll have to do that one back sometime uh, you're, yeah, you're used to fishing the mighty Madison, which is in the mountains, and you come back to Wisconsin, and I drag your ass to an old cranberry bog to catch garbage bluegill that eat like some of, some of the bluegill in these ponds are like they're a little purplish, right? And they're like they're they look completely different. Anyways, yeah, warm water game. You were saying, yeah, no. We, so we we carry flies from uh, for really any species. Uh, it's tough getting musky flies. Uh, which is very popular where you guys are. So yeah. um, we're, we're tying up some musky flies now. Um, that's kind of what I've been doing. I, wow, two nights ago, was sitting at the vice and was getting a little tired of tying up girdle bugs and, you know, 
12 quantities at a time. Uh, so <laughs> put on bulk. a five odd hook and a three odd hook and you know, 12 inches of a, uh, kind of articulated Buford like fly that's on our website now. And we're getting tied up some more of those. So, um, yeah, we, we really cover it all. And we, we try and run a fly sale pretty annually. Um, one of our entities is cheapassflies.com, and that's where it's only discounted flies. Um, and most of those are, you know, for nips and dry flies are ranging anywhere from probably 2 to $3, which is, or, you know, even a dollar. Um, and they're yeah. pretty good quality flies. So, you know, if you're trying to ball on a budget and get into fly fishing and just look for some, some cheap deals, it's a, a great spot to look at free shipping course so. yeah well of course free shipping you don't need to if you're starting to fly fish you don't need to buy the huge colorful streamers you can it's very fun um you don't really need that much to start fly fishing think no. small right get a little pocket case like my mine's the size of a wallet just stuff it with a couple of your classic flies and, and you can start and you can find all these flies you said cheapassflies.com i'm looking at mrfc.com which is your store shop as well and you guys have some really cool merch because your owner's a big deadhead you're a big deadhead you got some really cool merch. I have a pretty cool fishing company sweatshirt. Danny, I feel like I've kept you. I just looked at what time it was. I appreciate you being here this morning. Before I let you go, though, um, and I know it's your birthday weekend and your parents are in town, so have fun celebrating. We need a, a Grateful Dead album recommendation. Ah, mm. oh, man. I, I was thinking about this last night. Um, I have really been listening a lot to May 9th, 77 mm. uh, in Buffalo. And that show has one of my favorite help on the way slipknot franklin stower which i know you'll appreciate i do uh, and oh man there's there's something about the way they're running in that show that's just it keeps bringing me back and uh one of the things that i kind of look for in a lot of the shows i listen to is matrixes by hunter siemens um if a show has that i mean it, it'll, it'll blend the crowd and it'll blend all the boys playing together yeah uh, and it just is that thing is just rocking we were listening to that last night and everybody was enjoying it i think maybe they weren't you know I, maybe i'm conceited <laughs> I, I thought everyone was that probably was more realistic but man it was well dude sometimes sometimes it doesn't matter what everyone else is about because like i'll be at like i'll be at dell's around the corner from from work here in downtown lacrosse and it was not busy like i'll queue up an 18 minute version of help on the way slipknot and franklin's tower and i'll have a blast and i'll look around the bar i'm like i don't know if anyone else cares about this last sunday we were in there and this old duffer went over and put a dollar in the touch tunes and queued up um let your love flow by the bellamy brothers do you know that song and oh, yeah. the the place is packed and i love it when people own the song like you look around and you know exactly who played it this old man had the arms up in the air singing along and i'm like Yes, you play your song or your favorite album, and everyone else can just deal with it because it's not about them at the moment. It's about you. So, like, I just picture you playing an entire Dead show. Uh, well, one thing that I hope Touch Tunes changes in the new year mm -hmm. is that when I know you're out and about, Grant, I have definitely <laughs> zoomed out of Ennis, Montana, gone into the cross, <laughs> looked at the bars to try and find the Touch Tunes in there. I can't do it, man. Like, really? when it was today, I tried getting the 18 minute, two credit. Help on the way slip <laughs> going, and I was ready to like fast play it all, but yeah. it didn't work. So. Money's no object. Money's it's funny because I won't buy gas; it's too expensive, uh, <laughs> and I won't pay for shipping on an order for flies. But if I can spend twelve dollars to buy credits to play a song in a bar that's twenty hours away, and my buddy can hear it, then that's different. That's <laughs> it's always worth it. 
that's money well spent. Well, this is your birthday weekend. I know your parents are in town. I appreciate the time, man. And I, I hope we get to go fishing soon. Normally, it's about once or twice a year, but I'm hoping yeah. something happens where we find ourselves in the same spot and get to throw a couple casts. I think we will, and uh, we'll have to let people know how it goes because it probably won't be great, but, man, we'll have fun doing it. <laughs> we, it'll be a nice day. That's always what we say when we get skunked. Well, it's just nice to be out here. Um, yeah, it's a good walk. Oh, that's funny. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate you, man. Have a good weekend. You as well, Mr. Bell. Take care.